Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of Conservative Daily Podcast. I am your host, Joe Oltman. Max is not going to be here today. Um, everyone wants to say prayers. He is, uh, his dog is um, going through some emergency surgery or emergency uh, treatment. He happened to uh, get into something he shouldn't have gotten into, so Max is trying to solve that problem right now. Um, Today, we have a couple things that we're going to go over. One, we're going to talk about how Biden and the administration and, and this radical leftist agenda is abandoning America. We also have a guest today, which I think that you will love to um, speak with, and that is Jamie Anatello. Jamie Anatello, if you're on uh, Telegram, you'll, you'll notice that I put up a post, and that post basically goes through and um, it talks about the fact that her kids were adversely affected by Antifa throwing bombs at um, her children. Basically, I mean, for, for all intents and purposes, we're, we're talking about incendiary devices. And uh, so she's going to come on. We're going to play some clips of that. And we're going to play some clicks, clips of, you know, what's really happening with Antifa and what's happening with uh, this new Joe Biden America. We are in a, we are in a really precarious situation. But the good news is, is that I do have, I do have a solution. I have a solution, and that is eviction. So we're going to be setting a date for evictions. Before I get started, I'll talk to you guys also a little bit about what's happening with the 1776 Ranch. Um, we have uh, done the initial paperwork. Everything's done. We're now sending paperwork out to, to you um, that are a part of the 1776 Ranch. And so we have to solidify the, the um, co-op environment that we've actually created. It is not buying a share and walking away from it. You have full ability to use the property. So it's not a stock, it's a unit. So you own a part of the ranch and you can use that ranch. Um, all right, so are we, uh, producer, are we ready to go? Or are we still holding We're on? We're working on better? technical issues for her. So sorry, Joe. All right, so let me go through a couple things that, uh, that came up over the last couple of days. One, there's a school in Washington state that is making unvaccinated and vaccinated kids wear an ankle monitor, an ankle monitor when they go to school. Uh, I assume this for contact tracing, which is what they're reporting. But more importantly, the contact tracing part is one part of it. The ability to follow people around the neighborhood, figure out where they're going and become the police or the oppressor of children is another. That is actually happening. Um, in other news, obviously, the, the um, military is now mandating that everyone by, I think, October 1st um, has to get the vaccine. And the vaccine, just to clarify, has not been approved by the FBA, FDA. It has been approved by the UEA um, in that area, but not for, um, uh, mandate, or excuse me, not for full approval in the United States. We're really at one of those polarizing times where we've got a lot of things that are coming at us at the same time. We got an attack on our children. We got an attack on our communities. We have attack on businesses. Uh, we have forced vaccinations. We have Antifa and BLM, these these uh, leftist radical terrorists in our society that are being able to being allowed to just run rampant on us. Um, we have things that are happening in our churches and churches being forced to shut down while mosques and and other mostly um, mosques are allowed to to worship freely. Um, you have what's happening in Afghanistan. You have you have veterans, and for those of you who didn't know, veterans that are working on getting escape routes for Americans out of Afghanistan because the Biden administration and these woke generals don't care about Americans. We have all of this stuff happening at the same time, and what it leads me to believe is this. We are slaves. Welcome to the new America. You are a slave. It doesn't matter what color you are. 
you are now the oppressed, and you are oppressed by a evil, evil regime. Now, if that makes you feel good, if you, feel, if, you, if you don't believe that that's a big deal, then carry on. But if you do believe that's a big deal, some of the things that we're going to bring to you today are going to talk about what Biden is doing to abandon you as an American. We know the judiciary is compromised. We know that the Supreme, all the way up to the Supreme Court, they lack courage and they lack the ability to enforce the laws of our country. Yesterday, Enrique, which I don't care if you say that he's a government informant, FBI, I don't care. I want to talk about what happened to Enrique, the head of the Proud Boys that was actually kicked out of his chapter. Um, in, in contrast to what happened, okay, uh, the contrast to what happened to Antifa, terrorists that burned, looted, killed people in our country. Enrique was sentenced to five months in jail for burning a BLM flag and being caught with two high-capacity magazines. That's what he was caught with. He was caught with the magazines and he burned a BLM flag. And for that, he got five months in jail, in prison. In contrast, people that burned and looted and locked police officers inside of their precincts, yeah, they got nothing because the Antifa DAs, and these people that support this radical leftist agenda, these communist agendas, because obviously it's about power and money, that are supported by Soros and Bill Gates and some of the other clowns that we have across our nation that are billionaires that are playing with your life, they got nothing. They refuse to prosecute these people for destroying and terrorizing the community. They stopped entire lanes of traffic. They did everything that they possibly could to disrupt your life. And yet they got nothing. All of those charges just thrown out. They let go because it's a concerted effort by these Antifa terrorists, these pedophiles, rapists, and closet racists to destroy your very community. So that's where we're at as a country. And everyone says, well, we, we have to file more lawsuits and do things the legal way and walk through this process. And obviously, I'm not advocating for violence, but I think that I have a solution that will help us get across this, this path. That is mass evictions. We evict them. I'll tell you what that's about. You can actually, I'll give you a link where you can go and, and join FEC United, and we'll be sending it out. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to get off the couch. You're going to have to do something. But the reality of it is, is that we don't have, when we have leadership that doesn't represent the interests of the people, we have an obligation to take this thing called the Constitution, walk it in and say you're violating this, and then walk them out unceremoniously. We can replace the judges with people that will follow the Constitution. We can replace the people in positions of power and authority, the unelected bureaucrats. Today, I got a phone call from a police officer who said that, Joe, so far, there's six, 700 people that are police officers in our, our deal. If they go to forced vaccinations, can we sue? And I go, I thought, one step better. How many people do you think are, are, actually, are, are, are actually not going to take the vaccine that are police officers? He goes, my guess is about half. And I was like, all right, well, then those half, that, that, those three, 400 people can line up on our side. See, the wind is swaying. And these communist terrorists, they'll get theirs. But we don't have to shoot one, one, don't no, have to fire one gun. All we have to do is get the people that say, I'm just doing my job, to recognize that the sacrifice will be short. And that all they have to do is come to the right of good, the greater good of our society, and we'll be fine. Because then we can throw these people out. And we don't have to do a lot in order to do it. So we're going to start by, uh, I, I don't know if, uh, are we good to go? Okay, we're good to go. So... Jamie is with us. She's with us, um, I think, on, on audio only. Is that correct? Okay, Jamie is with us. Jamie Anatella. She actually is, has a website. And Jamie, are you with us? I am. Hi, good morning. Hey, it's good to have you. I'm sorry we couldn't get the video figured out. Oh, it's okay. Something's going on. I'm not super tech savvy, so. <laughs> All right. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? if you would, and then we're going to kind of walk through some of the things that you've been fighting for on the streets of Portland um, for quite a long time. You and your husband um, uh, are pastors. Uh, actually, no, my husband is a street preacher, Okay. so we don't pastor any churches, uh, but uh, I'm just a simple, simple woman. Um, I'm raising my children at home. We homeschool, and, uh, you know, we believe in freedom. We believe in our worldly freedom 
free from the tyrannical government overreach, and we believe in our spiritual freedom uh, that Jesus gave us, and that's what we're ultimately fighting for to keep. Okay. And um, so how long have you guys been street preachers? Uh, It's been roughly five to seven years since we started here on the streets of Portland. Okay. And um, you've seen many people come to Christ through your street, uh, street preaching? You know, street preaching is a different kind of way of life. Uh, you're not really out there to see the lives changed in the moment. You're more out there to plow the field and plant the seeds. You're breaking okay. down the walls and strongholds, and that comes later. So do you, do you, when you're doing this, are you sending people to uh, different churches? Do they have an outlet that you can connect them to other pastors and other environments where they can, um, you know, get into the, the Word itself? Yeah, there's a, not very many churches um, in our area, but there's a, a Rivers of Living Water out in uh, Sandy, Oregon, that's really good. But over the years, um, it's more we've done home church. We okay. we get together and we disciple rather than um, rely on the the more conventional uh, corporation, the corporate church. So tell so tell me t- tell me. Um... You've been doing this for, for several years. I'm sorry, I'm trying to manage. Typically, Max does half of the work, and I do the other half, but now I'm doing all of the work here. Um, so I'm trying to uh, navigate that and make sure that the text went out to the, the people that, uh, so that they can hear your story. So t- tell, me, tell me about what happened. I know that you guys showed up for Arts um, when Art was down in Portland, and he was speaking about courageous faith and standing up in the um, against this, this, you know, I call them Antifa terrorists. You might have another word for them, but these people that are just terrorizing the, the communities and, and causing a lot of consternation. First of all, describe to us what, what it's like in a day in the life in Portland. Like, what, what is, it, is there an overreaching feeling that you get when you walk down the streets? Do you feel safe? You know, um, for several years, so we've been dealing with Antifa since Antifa, before Antifa was a household name. Uh, And my first thought, having been born and raised in Portland, is not danger. Uh, But after this recent attack on August 7th, when we were getting ready to listen to um, Archer Pulaski, is they attacked us in the morning in a park on a Saturday, and that is yeah. very concerning. So they've set a new precedent for what it's like um, in Portland, and it has become more dangerous just from that one attack alone. Well, they're emboldened, right? Yes. Yes. So, so start by describing... I mean, and they're using... Okay. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, they're, go ahead. They're like vigilantes. They're using, except they're you know, you call them Antifa terrorists. I absolutely call them uh, domestic terrorists. And they're using white supremacy as a weapon. So they're, they have no criteria, but they go out and they, they, they call anything that goes against the narrative, their narrative or their beliefs, white supremacy. And that gives them a free pass to violently abuse the citizens, regardless of um, race, color, creed, it doesn't matter, because a lot of us are minorities. So the white supremacy um, idea doesn't really make sense, but we know that um, nothing really makes sense coming from the left. Yeah, so it's almost as if they, they're, they, they are the very thing that they are fighting against. They are literally the, you know, I, 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 you know, I say on my show some pretty um, truthful things about what we're dealing with, but there's a massive, mm-hmm. there's a massive amount of of fear that they generate and they create these dog whistles. So they create these boogeyman's around every corner talking about racists and, and things like that. But, um, in actuality, these people, I mean, you said it in the press conference and we're going to replay the press conference here in a second, but when you stood in front of this press conference and those, those news crews would not interview you, but, but wanted to hold one for Antifa, um, they're a bunch of white people. Dressed in black, wearing masks. Yes. Is that correct? 
Absolutely. That's exactly who they are. And so they're terrorizing you. And describe your family makeup. I think people need to know it. I don't have a picture up on the screen. But describe, describe your family, your, your, your heritage. Yeah, uh, both me and my husband are half black, half white. Uh, okay. But there's not a day that has gone by that you won't look at us as uh, black individuals. Uh, we have 10 children who are also all black. Um, and we were born and raised here. And we, we go against the narrative because we're, we're very free-minded. And we believe that, uh, you know, we have the freedom to do whatever we want in this country. And we love being on American soil for that, for that fact alone. We're going we're gonna to quickly play, uh, play your press conference the, the, where you crashed the press conference. I think it's about six minutes long. Okay. So you'll be able to hear it, but obviously uh, not okay. see it. All right. So we're going to go ahead and play cut okay. one just for our listeners. White supremacy is not the problem. The Proud Boys were not the problem. Antifa Black Block are the ones who threw bombs, mortars, and pepper spray at me and my children. My baby girl, eight years old, nearly was hit in the face with an explosive by white people dressed up in all black, attacking me and my family. It is not the Proud Boys. And you, the city of Portland, and everybody who supports them needs to know this. My Black children were almost hit with bombs and mortars. My nine-year-old son was drenched in pepper gas, thrown by Antifa. Boy, if Black Lives Matter to you, you better back up. He's deaf, Jane. They did not. Yes, they are part of the problem. Yes, they are part of the problem. But you know what? You, 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 and you are the problem. Every single local news station denied my story. You rejected it in favor of one man with an airsoft gun. No Proud Boys were present that day. The event hadn't even started yet. We were shaking hands, saying our hellos, smiling at each other, having fun. Her baby, her and Black Antifa marched in Screaming, hail, chanting, hail Satan, and screaming, where's your God now? Okay, it's on video, and you are probably there. I may have been. Did you hear it? I may have been. That is the problem in this city. They beat and terrorize an Asian gay man who still has to fear for his life. Who still hides from them. They still threaten his life. A gay Asian man. Stop Asian hate. Stop black hate. The Proud Boys were invented because Antifa was the one who was terrorizing us. My husband, we are a one income family, and Antifa has been trying to get him to lose his job. And that would put 10 black people out of a home. Your husband is very dangerous. Your husband is extremely dangerous. Bull, Dustin. Quincy. Quincy. You have never once seen him be violent in any way, shape, or form. And Tima beat up a transgender down here on these streets. It was a man transitioning to a woman. She was broken sitting on the sidewalk because they took her backpack her skateboard, and she said, I have nothing left. She was begging for her stuff back. Wow. Okay. And then the man who tried to stop them was beat You're in the street. You're speaking over a deaf person. You're speaking over a deaf person. You know what? That's your deaf person. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I do remember you. If every okay, if every uh, police station, no, no. yeah, you're a part of the problem. The worst kind are the white liberal women who look at me in disdain. And I'm not saying all of you. Yeah, what everyone else is doing. here is one of the worst kinds. If you do not back up, if every single one of these news stations hadn't denied my story, I wouldn't be standing here today. Proud boys are not the problem. They have loved on my family 
broke bread with me, fellowship with me, been in my home. They have been nothing but generous and kind to us. My entire black family. What's her name? And Antifa is the one who has spray painted in my kids' face, drenched us in pepper spray, and tried to kill us. And I'm an anti-fascist for the record. Aren't we all crazy anti-fascist? Aren't we all? There's no two ways around it. Thanks, Dustin, for the output there. Okay, what the problem is, is the news and all of these people will not stop with the Cowboys. Get over it! It's not them! Really? Yes! It's right there! It's right there! Mike Schmidt was not prosecuting them last year when they were being arrested. Sexual offenders like Andrew Day J. Simmons should not even have been in the vicinity of children as he is a registered sex offender. Mike Schmidt is white supremacy. And he is dangerous just like Antifa. Get it right! And for the record, either you're anti You know my husband is dangerous. Your husband is dangerous. No, he's not. You are. Your husband's dangerous. Imagine crumbling under the pressure of stickers. USA! Oh, Jamie, every time okay. I watch that, and I've watched it probably three or four times, I, I can't help but, but just be angry that you have to go through it. Be angry that people behind you would say you're either a anti-fascist or a fascist, as if it's some sort of school... Right little school that, that, that somewhere like where they have the mean girls clubs on one side or the like they're dividing our society by rhetoric. Yes. And very when you much so. And Teresa Rayford, the, the black woman who immediately tried to pander to me, um, I go against her. I go against her narrative in the worst kind of way. Not only am I a, a woman, I'm black, I'm a conservative. And I completely trashed her party. Because that was a that was an entire fake woke press conference there, and it's horrible. It's horrible to see. Well, it, you know, and the the thing is, is that you weren't deterred. Even even in all that, you weren't deterred. You continued to tell the truth. You continued to try and bring people truth. But, Jamie, did they play this on the news? No, we none of us. We have tried to find it. Nobody can find where that video was either streaming to or was supposed to go. And what they ended up doing was just writing up articles uh, with pictures of each individual speaker. Yeah, but they, but they didn't actually put, they didn't do anything to put you out there, correct? They didn't do anything to, no. th th that six minutes of you standing up there and speaking truth, did they play that anywhere with the news? No, not one, not one place. So the truth doesn't matter to these people that are in media. They've been weaponized against you, weaponized against anyone that speaks up truth. Absolutely. And the woman, uh, the woman who was angry that I said she was the worst kind of, uh, the white liberal woman was the worst yeah. kind. Uh, when I turned around, what I was going to say to her was that if the news had already reported it, I wouldn't have been standing there that right. day. Th that was a, a culmination of them ignoring ignoring us yeah and over the years uh you know it's been six or seven years that we've been uh, harassed and terrorized by antifa and i pointed you notice that i know their names i know some of their names they know us and and it's it's an ongoing thing that they allow these people to terrorize minority families and not just minority families but that breaks that breaks the narrative but they terrorize white people as well so well, so so let I mean when they, they terrorize whoever they want to terrorize because they're just a terrorist organization. Yes. These are domestic terrorists. What yes. I found what I found interesting is that, and I'll, I'm going to try and find it right now. But there was a, a senator from Oregon that came out and created and basically parroted the false narrative about what happened, uh, even on August 22nd, where people got together and were having a barbecue away from uh, Portland on the other side of town, and that Antifa came in there to terrorize people, and it didn't end well for them. So I'm, you're, I'm sure you're probably familiar with that on, on the 22nd of August. 
Yeah, is that Senator Merkley? Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. And Senator it's, Merkley. It's terrible because. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, he says that uh, condemnation isn't enough, and he is absolutely right. He wrote that in his article that is filled with biased lies. Uh, it was a Proud Boy hit piece, but he said condemnation of white supremacy isn't enough, and he's absolutely right. Ted Wheeler, Governor Kate Brown, and DA Mike and the Portland police need to have long time been prosecuting these uh, domestic terrorists we know as Antifa. They have been caught and released for the last seven years and more ramped up in the last uh, 18 months when they were being arrested for menacing and domestic terrorism acts all through last year when, when we were shut down. So that this emboldens these people. This actually puts all these people in a position where they don't feel like they are subject to any sort of accountability. So it, 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 the temperature for them has gone up as a result, correct? Absolutely. We see them becoming more bold. And they put a lot of work and effort into uh, planning these things. They have weapons that they, they create. The bombs are becoming more intense that they, that they create. Uh, the, the weapons that they formulate are becoming more abusive. It's, it's crazy. And then now, like I said, on August 7th, um, I vet these, these events really well. I don't take my kids to things that I know are going to end up in, in a brawl. Right. But now, even during the morning in a park isn't okay. We right. always knew that the demons came out at night, but now they're coming out at 1130 in the morning. And the police, where were they? And that's, uh, some were watching. I, I, we were I saw a video of two police blocks. officers standing in the corner when all this was going on, and they were laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, this is true. How, how do other people in the community feel about this? I know that, I know that out loud they, they, they can't speak up. I've had a conversation with a couple of business owners in Portland where they say, listen, it, it, it feels like if we even raise our eyes and look at the person the wrong way, that we become the enemy of Antifa. And they're walking the streets, terrorizing people that live there. People are, are selling their homes, leaving, property values are dropping, businesses are closing. Uh, d describe to me how, you know, just your thought on what, what people are seeing. How, how do they feel about what's happening to their city? Well, the ones that have an understanding of the reality, like you said, they are leaving. They're, they're, they're retiring early, they're quitting their jobs, they're, they're leaving. The other ones that understand the reality of it are being ostracized. Uh, they're being called white supremacists so that, like I said earlier, it's being used as a weapon. So there's no basis behind the accusations. They're just being called that to shut them up because then they become, you know, scared and it's like people attack them for it. Uh, and then there's a the whole group of people who have no idea. They All they do is watch the mainstream local media who is constantly uh, calling the Proud Boys the problem when they're not. Right. And so that's what they believe. And they well, support so that, Antifa. There's that, that's, what, that's what the media is doing, too, is that they're saying that these are militia members. Right. And, and frankly, I don't yeah. think militia is the, the wrong word to use because, you know, our, our Constitution says that if the government stops being fair and impartial and starts and creates a lawless environment it is up to every citizen to step up and, and to take back over their communities. But they've never, mm -hmm. you know, the Proud Boys have never shown up and terrorized businesses, have they? I mean, I've never seen them terrorize businesses or terrorize schools or do the things that Antifa is doing. No, it makes no sense to have that narrative because we know that the Proud Boys are uh, full on uh, American uh Americans who believe in capitalism. So, and it would make no sense for them to show up and destroy businesses in that aspect. And th furthermore, uh, Antifa doesn't hold rallies and events. The only thing that they do is show up to the, um, the oppose, what they see as opposing rallies and events. They don't hold their own. So we don't even have anything to go to, even if, even if that was the case. We would never show up. If they had an event or a rally, they would have it without any opposition because we don't care. Right. Well, and I think that the, 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 
you know, I, I think that the sad part about what we're dealing with is that the tech companies are silencing it. The media is weaponized against the people. Antifa is terrorizing people in the streets. It seems to me as we have a new criminal syndicate that's running some of our cities across our nation. And then to put that on, put, to put that in perspective of, you know, having to be, get, to have some sort of recourse, which I think is why we see the blood pressure of people in our country going up. There is no recourse because the judiciary is so compromised that it is standing up for the very evil that's in the community terrorizing people. Absolutely. And that's what that press conference was about. There would be no reason for Antifa members to be at a press conference. And if you watched um, one moment when I call out the Hail Satan man who was denying it, it uh, our video person pans over. And if you pause it, you can see about 10 to 12 people over there, maybe about eight, and all of those people are Antifa supporters, all of them. And they range in age, and they're usually all white, yeah. and they support Antifa. That's what that whole press conference was, an Antifa support press conference. Yeah, so let, let me ask you what would happen. This is a speculative uh, question I'm going to ask you. And the speculative question is, mm -hmm. what would happen if we had 1,000 or 2,000 people and we walked into a courthouse or we walked into a judicial uh, environment or we walked into a legislative office and we just picked up all their stuff and we walked it out in the street, we put it on the curb and said, you're evicted, get out. What do you think would happen? What do you think if that happened across the country and people rose up and said, listen, we're not gonna be violent, we're just gonna kick you out, we're done with you. You, you, you are compromised and you are corrupt. And, and, and our, based on this constitutional document, this thing that says that you are supposed to equally apply the law, you haven't done that, so you can no longer serve in this position. What, what, what kind of message do you think that would send to uh, leadership across the country? It would send the message that we've had enough. I mean, there's no longer we the people that are in office anyway. Uh, yeah. They're career politicians. Um, and they do need to be evicted. That's just the thing is, they're not working for us anymore. They are no. supporting these horrible human humans that are terrorizing citizens and we're not getting any protection from any arm of our government. And these are all white people. And you said white liberals are the worst. I have to agree with you fully. And as someone who, by the way, my dad yes, is black, my mom is white, my whole family's interracial. I know what racism looks like and it doesn't look like Proud Boys. It doesn't look like people that are standing up and trying to protect people from going to a event where a pastor is speaking about being courageous um, about what they're doing in our country and other countries. Absolutely. And, you know, when I speak about the Proud Boys, often I, I say we because we have they, – they came to be in our area. I know the Proud Boys have a whole story of creation, but yeah. they, came to, they really came to be in our area. Um, because Antifa became so violent and they were protecting those uh, people who wanted to express their freedom of speech. And so, you know, the people who fellowship with me, break bread with me, uh, smile and laugh and talk and we hang out. And every time I go to an event, I feel safe and welcome. Yeah. Those are the people who I know are on my side. I have never once felt that from uh, these Antifa terrorists ever. And they always put my children in harm's way. And that just doesn't make sense. I mean, what I'm seeing and what I'm experiencing does not line up with what the narrative of the news and outlets are trying to make people believe. Right. And so why do you think they're doing this? And I'm, I'm asking a loaded question that I think I have the answer to, but why do you think they're doing it? Why do I think they are? Why, why doing, do you think they're they're creating what, a narrative that's not true? Yeah. Uh, to keep us divided, to keep themselves in power. Um, you know, race war is always always works out best for the left. It always works out best for the left. They always yeah. get the benefits of a race war. So. Definitely. Well, I think that I think we have to start using the, the words of truth against them. So the next cut we're going to play, and I know you can't see it right now, but I want to play cut two, which is you recounting the attack in the Antifa 
calling you a racist. And by the way, these are a bunch of white people calling you a racist, which I find ironic. Go ahead and play cut two. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I talked to your husband about it, but wh what, what exactly happened? Oh yeah, yeah, you asked me that. I'm sorry, yeah, that's yeah. what we're coming down here to do. <laughs> okay. Um, even asked that in the last like. Yeah. Well, I know I yeah. saw it and everything. I just <laughs> well, want to get it on. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you mean um, August 7th? Yes. When my babies got bombed? Yes. Okay, so that's the one we're talking about. So uh, that day, we went down there to listen to the pastor, uh, Pastor Pulaski, talk about his experiences. He was an actual victim of fascism, so he was talking about his experiences and encouraged the church, which are us. We showed up early, probably about 20, 30 minutes earlier, whatnot, saying our hellos, shaking hands, you know. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, Black Block walks in, and I didn't see him first. I I watched their explosion first of the mortar that went off like this way from me. I turned to my right. There they are marching in. Hail Satan. So you were you were describing what happened in the event. Um, was this another event that you were attending? Jane? No, this was that same August seventh morning. This was the same morning. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah, this is that same August seventh morning. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, you know, we, we actually placed the uh, prayer event in Portland when they threw the explosives. We put it on Facebook, and, and Facebook actually made us take it down. They made us take the video down off of our, off our Facebook account. So there's an, active, there's an active concerted effort to stop people from seeing the truth, stop people from seeing what Antifa does. And they, they were throwing actual explosives at children. Is this correct? Yes, in some of the video footage, you can see us directly center, and you, it's, from, it adds, it's actually footage from Antifa's side who eventually took it down themselves, but we already had it. They were throwing their stuff directly at us. And like I said, they're, they, they make some of their bombs, and they're, be, they're becoming more intense, and they're throwing things. And so one of my friends actually reached down and put her hand in front of my daughter's face and she wow. took the impact of a piece of the explosive that and it suffered extensive injuries and if that had hit my daughter's face she would most certainly have had brain damage been in icu or blinded dead. blinded any number of things could have happened to her fragile face unbelievable we're going to go ahead and play that confrontation right now go ahead and play that white liberal women treating me like garbage. I came up to you to try and conversate with you. And just like I said about the other purple-haired girl, you do not care about black lives or anybody. You're up here holding this ridiculous sign and you don't even know why you're doing it. Oh, well, let's just run down your list of all the reasons why you're not racist. Except can you, yell you won't talk louder? to me. Can you yell a little louder? I can. Well, Will that help you hear me? Why don't you take it in there? Because it's all on camera when I kindly well, walked up to you and said, hey, what's your sign say? Let's have a conversation. What'd she say, guys? We just did. Let's not talk. We just had a conversation. No, we didn't. We're arguing because you feel like we need to agree no, instead of having the conversation. We're done. We're done. Are we done? Yeah. Well then walk you away. You can't reason with unreasonable But people. I'm going to attempt until she shows me her true colors, which she did. Just did. No. And meanwhile, why are you here? Because I want you guys to go home. I'm with them. Why are you want us to go home? Because I look because I just sat man. there I sat there and listened to a bunch of that bullshit. Up on stage. I was up on stage. Are you calling me bull? I just sat there and okay. Oh, okay. okay. Go, go Let's move that this shit way. In someone else's neighborhood. Preach what? What were you just saying? You're anti-LGBTQ. In someone else's neighborhood. Are, are, are you? Let me Jimmy, ask you a question. In someone else's wanna, neighborhood. It's in my neighborhood. Yeah, 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 neighborhood. Yeah. It is my too. No. I know, but guys, you're here. Okay. Well, no, this th is our neighborhood. You know that well. Okay. So I belong here just as much as you do. Correct. You're here. Because I'm against the LBGTQ community. No, I'm here. I, I'm here to protest you guys. Why? The proud boys. From and what I've heard so far, okay. of, of you guys all up on stage. I, I spoke, and yeah. other people spoke. So I'm just trying to figure out. Um, you said you you don't want the proud boys to be here, and I just want to. I can't assume, so I need you to give me a couple reasons why, like specific. Well, first off, the Proud Boys were very, very adamant about breaking into the Capitol. And right there, 
right there oh on that building it says free our political prisoners, right? Yes. And you're refer and more than likely you're referring to these traitors who were imprisoned uh, for breaking down the Capitol. Well, and right? Alan Swinney and others as well. And also the Patriots that have been arrested during um, the events. ones that they, they and burned down, you know, like burned up the Black Lives Matter flags in Washington D.C. and vandalized those, some you, stuff. Okay. First of all, do you think that the Black Lives Matter flag shouldn't have been burned? Yeah, a, I, I, black lives do matter. Black lives matter. Obviously, that's not something that needs to be chanted over and over again. Yeah, it does. It has no, to be. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it, no, it, it doesn't. does. It you has to be. a white guy telling a black woman that. This is what I'm dealing with on a daily basis. This is what dealing God, with white liberals are about. And I want you to understand this. Yeah, I'm not trying to come against you, but what you are doing, what you are doing, is you're trying to tell me about myself, what I need. No, here's the thing. I don't need Harriet you to Tubman do that. Harriet Tubman said it best. Harriet Tubman. She said, "I would have freed a lot more slaves, but they didn't know they were slaves." Oh my God! That's what it is. Did you not know the quote? Okay, so let me ask you this. So Do you believe words, that I don't know I'm a slave? You're the one who said the quote. Do you believe, do you honestly believe, this is great. do you honestly believe that I don't, that I don't know that I'm enslaved to something yeah, it seems like you're enslaved to an ideology. And what is that ideology? Well, that's a good question. I, I listened to a lot of what you said, you know, um, or some of, I don't know, I didn't hear you specifically. Right. Hey guys, uh, my name is Jamie and... Alright, <laughs> Jamie, that was uh... awesome. Do you actually believe, here, do you actually believe that I don't know that I'm enslaved to something? That, that was brilliant. He showed up. He showed up to a a debate somewhere between um, bringing crayons and Play-Doh. <laughs> yeah, and he's actually my neighbor. So the fact that he would say I don't belong there is absurd. So, but but as we as we walk through what you were talking, I thought we were going to actually go through the the video. I thought the video was of the them actually throwing explosives. I, I've been working on that as well, but I think this was actually a more powerful uh, thing to put up because it actually gives you the ability to have a conversation with someone who is irrational, who then admitted that he never listened to you on the stage. So now he's upset at you, and he came to protest Proud Boys because they broke into the Capitol, which they didn't. Probably didn't break into the Capitol. The FBI did, right? So, right. But they, they showed up to, in essence, tell you that you're oppressed, tell you that somewhere along the line you don't know that you're being enslaved, he quoted Harriet Tubman, which is beyond unbelievable. If you know anything about Harriet Tubman and, and who she stood for and how she, the tolerance she had of, of what was happening in her time frame, and that, that place and time, um, I just can't, I cannot, I can't get to the logical side of what Antifa, what these people represent, how, how they could stand up for something uh, like Antifa and not see the reality. Like how, how do you, how do they show up and watch them throw bombs and, and not see the reality of what's really happening? Well, he's part of that group that um, can't move, you know, can't retire, but lives and hangs on every word that the media puts out there. So yeah. he doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah. He's completely clueless to the reality of the situation. And Harriet Tubman never said that. No. He, you know, he got that from a random meme on Facebook yeah. Yeah. and probably couldn't wait to use it, but it just didn't go right that day because <clears throat> I am not what, and he's not the only one. And see, what I love about that day is that a lot of this stuff got on video. But this is our daily life. Like, me and my husband and, and all minority conservatives deal with this kind of situation on a daily basis. It just so happened that we got it on camera that day. And this is how they treat us. They treat us like we, if we don't fall in line with, with their beliefs and their ideologies, then we are slaves and that's all there is to it 
we're slaves, we're, we're token black people, we're Uncle Toms, we're coons, we're, we're all, they, they treat us like garbage. And they won't have a conversation with us like the lady before him because they don't know what they're talking about. They have no basis for their arguments. And well, we're strong individuals with strong positions. And, and these people are doing things to hurt people while screaming they're trying to help people. They only, yeah. And, and I mean, I'm, this, I'm trying to see the logic in all this. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, well, there is no logic because we see this even in places like Oakland or Chicago where Antifa screams Black Lives Matter, but when the black people try and get together with law enforcement to formulate a plan and talk and, and connect, Antifa doesn't like law enforcement, so now those black people no longer matter. So it's, it's, it's never about supporting minorities. It's about supporting their own self. Uh, Hate? They I have mean, their own agenda. Yeah. yeah. It's just a hatred for the American soil and country, and it's horrible. So I want to play this last uh, deal, and you can't see it, or maybe you can, but this last one, this last um, uh, cut is of somebody being stabbed by Antifa. Let's play cut four. Gotta help him. I'm bleeding. I know, but you gotta help him. Yo, get on. Yeah, girl, they tried to, he tried to stab you. They stabbed me. They stabbed me. Oh, shit. They stabbed Beverly and Beattie right now. They just stabbed Beverly and Beattie. Call 911. All right, take that down. Jamie, that is a black woman that got stabbed by Antifa. Have you seen that video before? Yes. Yeah, Beverly and Beattie. And they also um, stabbed a black man on the streets of our on the streets of Portland last year as well. He ended up in the hospital. People, this is truth. You'll get an opportunity to share this. Yes. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast, what I just showed you was a video of a woman that's getting stabbed on the streets by Antifa. Was anybody ever charged, do you know, Jamie, for that? No. No. And I bet you they didn't even look into it, did they? No, they don't typically. And that's one of the things in the earlier uh, interaction with that man. He said that the Proud Boys broke into the Capitol and the political prisoners. He, he was speaking of the January 6th situation. But that's put that aside. Uh, patriots and Proud Boys and people who have been trying to protect us from these domestic terrorists have been arrested and charged, put on probation with fines and all kinds of other things, while Antifa... Um, is routinely let loose by D.A. Mike Schmidt. He, he openly refuses. He's not quiet about it. He openly refuses to charge them or prosecute them. So they are caught and immediately released. While people who are trying to help us are put behind bars with charges. And so, you know, somebody actually said something in the comments, and that is um, Antifa is doing the exact same thing as the Nazi brown church did in Germany. Um, how do, you, how do you feel about that statement? I absolutely agree with it. There's, there's not much, you know, when I look at the, when, I haven't studied much into that, but when I look at Antifa and the experiences that I've had with them, they are no different than the Klan. Um, they're just in a different costume. That's all it is. They terrorize. I, they refuse to be identified Everybody supports them secretly or, um, or openly. It doesn't really matter. But, you know, they make their own rules. They don't abide by the law, and they terrorize us. They are no different than the Klan. Well, it's interesting that you, call, that you say they're no different than the Klan because in reality, when, you, when you're faced with such a stark uh, difference between what people stand up for and what they're actually doing in the streets— it, it, uh, it reminds me of what happened in Nazi Germany. I'm a history buff, so I've spent a lot of time studying history. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a walking encyclopedia somewhat of worthless information. <laughs> and um, 
But one of the things that I remember is that it started by dividing people in their community. So taking away guns, taking away their ability to defend themselves, watching criminals run rampant on the streets. And if we even go back further than that, um, you can actually see that Adolf Hitler was Time Magazine's man of the year. I don't, I don't know if you knew that. So Time Magazine oh, had I a man do, of the year and, and Adolf Hitler was the Time Magazine man of the year. I believe it was 1941. I'll check right now. But it, it only was when they came for the last ones that were standing up and acting as the brown shirts did people wake up and go, oh, my gosh, it's too late. And I think that that's yeah. the place that we're hoping not to get to by talking about this. And you, and you said something interesting. You said they're just like the Klan, just in a different costume, and they hide their face. And one thing that uh, happened this weekend on August 22nd, I'll get your thoughts on this, and then I'll give you the closing thoughts or the closing uh, remarks, um, is uh, they, we have groups that now are out there taking pictures of these people, taking their masks off, and putting their faces out there for everyone to see. Um, you know, how do you feel about that? How, how do you feel about this kind of, you know, publicly putting out all the people that are in TIFA that are that are terrorizing people and putting their mug shots out there? You know, um, it needs to happen because anybody who a lot of times when we try and file a police report, there's two things that happen. One, people are scared to do it because they have to put information in there that that becomes public. And there's no safety from retaliation when we can't even have safety while the attack is actually going on. And two, um, Antifa has been actively doxing and getting people fired for years now. They have a whole team of people that are dressed in regular clothes that go out and take pictures of everybody who's there, takes pictures of their license plates, and then they do these public searches on them and write up all these information information articles that are filled with lies they twist and turn facts and they put it out there and then employers are firing people we've been under fire for many years and so yes antifa needs to be put out there but the problem is the police say you can't file a police report we can't do anything if your attacker can't be identified and so we need to be identifying them the yeah, sad part is the police bureau and Mike and, and Mike Schmidt already know who these people are. So That's Mike, is, do you believe that Mike Schmidt, and, and I believe this, I believe that Mike Schmidt is Antifa. I believe that he's admitted that he is co closely connected to people that are Antifa leaders in Portland. And more importantly than all of that, he is condoning their behavior. He is, he is letting it happen. So by proxy, this criminal enterprise is being run directly from the government and they are funding or allowing this to happen. And then they're forcing the police to either stand by or hiring people that are police that act as their enforcers. Almost reminds me of the mafia, um, only it's the evil mafia. I absolutely agree. And that's why in my uh, press conference crash, I said Mike Schmidt was white supremacy. Um, yeah. He is Antifa, and he is condoning this, and they know exactly who these people are. We don't need to. We don't need to do the job of identifying them. They know exactly who they are. Well, I think that the tide turned on August twenty second, and I sent the post. I don't know if you can put the post up, Mr. Producer, but the post of uh, um, the uh, liberal uh, terrorist supporting uh, congressman. I sent it to. I sent it to Greg. Sorry, I'm not in the. Nope, that's not it. It's the. It's the. It's the actual picture of um, the tweet that came in. Greg, I sent it to to your. Uh, I sent it to uh, Telegram or, or Signal. But there's a, there's an actual tweet where they compare the Proud Boys and say the Proud Boys are the problem, and this is someone who had to have ignored all of the posts out there and just learned, listened to the parroted narrative, or he's a part of Antifa and he's sitting in a position uh, in the legislature in Oregon. And I think his name is Mike. Let's see if I can find it real quick. You said it before, Jamie. Mike Schmidt? Mike, Sch no, no, the other one. The, oh, Merkley, the, the Senator, Jeff Merkley. Jeff Merkley, Jeff Merkley. Yep. Yeah, so, so this is a guy that stepped out and basically wants to go after the Proud Boys, called them Proud Boys, when the fight on August 22nd was a barbecue that was being held 
where the Proud Boys showed up to protect people, and Antifa thought it was going to be downtown. Mm-hmm. So they all showed up. They called in people from every other state to come in and say, hey, bring, your, bring everybody mm-hmm. in. They had, they had tweets and things like that that said, bring your guns, come stand on the street, right? Let's go get them. But, but that barbecue was moved, and Antifa showed up at that barbecue. Were, were you there at that at barbecue? I absolutely was. That's where um, I spoke on stage and um, Antifa, let it be known that we purposely moved our event 10 Mm -hmm. miles east and there's footage of Antifa standing downtown with their communist flags and they got bored and they hate being left high and dry because they crave the violence. They want to hurt people. They got into their vehicles and purposely drove 10 miles east to find us. Not one of us would have ever gone downtown or given a rat's tail about what they were doing. They purposely pursued us. And when they got there, they tried to drive a van into the parking lot where we were, where we were at. Mm-hmm. And they were stopped by our protection. And then the news turned that around to be that the Proud Boys were beating up on Antifa. It's just, it, it, ba- it blows my mind. And it backfired on them, It right? absolutely blows my mind. It backfired on it them. It backfired on Antifa? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they lost. They lost. But the problem here is they lost that day, but we are still going to lose because they had police officers sitting in unmarked vehicles all around the area, watching again, taking photos. They'll use all the footage from that day, and they will pick out every single identifiable Proud Boy, and they will arrest them, warrant, warrant them, arrest them, and charge them. That's what will happen. So in the end, we will still lose because our leadership, Mike Schmidt, people like Senator Jeff Merkley, Ted Wheeler, Teresa Rayford, all those Antifa supporters, uh, will come after us so that it fits their narrative. So, so yeah, uh, Antifa lost that day, but we lose the long one. Well, I don't think we lose the long one because I think that at this point, they're starting to build up people in the community that are saying, if you come and try to arrest them, you have to arrest all of us as well. And I know that this just happened. I had a conversation with one of the people that lives just outside of Portland who said that he is, uh, that the neighbors, the neighborhoods outside that have people that are, you know, some of them are retired, some of them work in really good jobs around the country um, from there, um, that uh, it used to be the old place where Evergreen was. It's just outside of Portland. Mm-hmm. And they said that um, they're, they've grown tired of it. And so if, if anyone needs safe refuge, they can, they can be out there. And if the police show up and try to arrest people, that they will be met with force. Now, obviously, we don't want force. But w- w- you talk about what they did. They, they came 10 miles with the intent of doing harm. When they got there to do harm, yes. they, were, they, were, they were beaten. And then you have guys like Mike Schmidt and you have guys like Jeff uh, the, the, the sitting senator that are basically parroting a narrative that is just a lie. They're just liars. I mean, there's no other way to look yes. at it. And, and so, you know, the, they're looking for ways that they can take Americans out of the fight. And um, these people are terrorists. These people that are in these positions, Mike Schmidt is a terrorist. He is actually a terrorist. He, yes. is, he is worse than the mafia. He is a terrorist because he's actually doing evil to the community, right? Yes. I think that um, we have some massive amount of, of footage. We're going to put it out there. We're actually building a place where we can have a, a condensed place where people get access to this footage. But one of them in particular is uh, we were able to uncover. Do you have the pictures that I sent over to Greg by any chance? So there is a picture of one of the guys that was driving it, and they were able to uncover who this person is. Um, go to the final picture before the video, if you would. We're going to, you know, just go to the video. It's 27 seconds long. And this is a guy that came in from Antifa. They were throwing the water out at the back. I'll play it. So this is one of the Antifa drivers that was covering nice. himself. I don't know if you can oh, see that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And then this is one of the trucks. See, people like that. 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. See, that, that man who looks so scared there, he is, it's people like him who look like him, who are dressed in regular clothes, who travel with these uh, domestic terrorists, and they provide them with water and food and, um, you know, supplies that they need, whether it be bear, bear, bear mace or whatever other uh, weapons they use. They stay in their regular vehicles, and they take the, those are the doxers and the suppliers of these domestic terrorists. And yeah. so the handlers, the handlers. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, absolutely. we were able to uncover. And they're just as guilty. We were able to uncover these people fully. So we actually have dossiers on all of these people, and um, we have sent those dossiers to the authorities, and we're going to wait for the authorities to do something about it and to see if they arrest these people. And if they don't, again, it goes to the mass eviction. So, Jamie, I'm going to give you the last, last word as we wrap up this, this first hour, but I want to tell you something before I give you the last word, and that is thank you. Thank you for having courage. Thank you to you and your husband for standing in the gap, for talking about Jesus in a place where it seems like it's hopeless. But thank you more for just being the courageous voice and standing up. And the more that people see that courage and you standing up, the more stamina that they see by standing in the gap, the more likely they are to come to and around you and stand up against these, these radical leftist terrorists and what they're doing to our nation. So I'll give you the final word. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you giving me a voice on your platform. Um, you know, when the news stayed silent, uh, the Lord made a way and has gotten this message far and wide, so much far, far, farther and wider than um, our little city of Portland. And so I just encourage everybody to um, get out of the narrative, get somewhere to find, make sure you're getting good, solid, truthful information. And if it seems too good to be true, if the Proud Boys are constantly being demonized and the people who are trying to um, protect, find something that is solid truth. And um, we need to stand up together and do this together. These people right, where, need to be held accountable for their domestic terrorism. Where, where can people find you? Oh, um, you can find me on any social media under Frankly Jamie. It's F-R-A-N-K-L-Y-J-A-M-E-E. -E. And you, you also or have a website. .com. I'm sorry, say that again, yes, sorry. On American Street. OnAmericanStreets.com. Okay. And they can donate to you for the cause of getting out there and standing for truth. Jamie, I want to say thank you again for coming on the show. God bless you. We will be praying for you. And um, you know, we'll have you on again with some updates as, as more things kind of happen and, uh, in Portland. God bless you. Okay. Thank you so much. God bless you. So that was, that was a great hour with Jamie. I'm sorry that we didn't get to see her on video, but we had a couple issues with um, the video feed. I want, to, uh, I want to tell you guys that the reason why I'm so calm right now is that we have a plan, and we're starting to bring people together, and we have different organizations that are coming together, and we're going to stand in the gap together, and we're going to do it across the entire nation. It's going to happen in the next three to four weeks. So in the next three to four weeks, we're going to see some great things happen. Right? We've got to stay calm. We've got to make sure that they don't push anyone to violence. And those that would advocate for violence are one of two things. Either they're stupid because you don't actually stand up and stand in the gap and advocate for violence uh, before all other um, means are, are um, exhausted. Or two, they work for the FBI or the CIA. Those are your two options. And more often than not, they work for the FBI and the CIA. And the only reason that they're out there chirping that stuff is to cause people to do something wrong so they can lock up Americans. The last thing I'll say about that is you are a slave. I want you to remember that you are a slave right now that our government in our country is treating you as if you don't matter. They're treating the people in Afghanistan as they don't matter. And they're bringing hundreds, if not thousands of refugees here to the United States, some of which are on ISIS lists that are known terrorists because they don't care about you. And as we move towards the 20th anniversary of September 11th, as we listen to what Jamie says, as we look at all the different things that they're doing in our society, you can't help but stand up and say this one thing, get out. They must be removed. These people are terrorists. They are terrorizing our nation. They are destroying the fiber of our nation. And they're doing so in the name of greed and power. They don't care about you because you are a slave. Once you realize that, it becomes easier to do the next big thing, which is stand together in solidarity across the country 
and throw these people out. We will identify in all 50 states, all the people, all the judiciaries, all of the different organizations that stand against us. And we will give the police the opportunity to stand with us or against us. They will make themselves known. Are you Antifa terrorists? Are you people that are the racist, pedophiles, rapists, and closet racists of our country? Are you those people? Or do you stand against it and do you stand for the Constitution? You cannot sign a document and tell me that you support everything that our country stands for, the constitutional republic that we are, and not stand against the massive amount of fraud, the massive amount of lies that comes out of not just the Biden administration, but all the way down on both sides of the aisle. They are wings of the same bird. They stand for only themselves, and they care nothing about you. It makes every decision we do from this point on much easier, and it, makes it, it should make it much easier for us to stand together. So in the next hour, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about some things that I think we need to hear. And those things are really simple. We want to talk about what's happening in the financial world, what's happening in uh, the investment by big corporations that are coming in and buying out homes, the, uh, the, the, the moratorium on evictions and what it's going to cause to those people that hold those notes that have to basically become the daddy of these people that are not paying their bills. And then we're going to talk about what's happening in the market what's going to happen in September and October, and some of the predictions that, you know, I, I'm going to just tell you right now, we'd hope it doesn't come true, but it will come true. And so we're going to stand together. Uh, that's it for this, this hour. We'll be back in a few minutes after these messages. Um, stay with us, and uh, we'll see you on the other side of this break. Ronald Reagan famously said that our freedoms are never more than a generation away from extinction. Conservative Daily exists to make sure that never happens. With our community of 700,000 members, we fight every day to hold Congress's feet to the fire and stop them from surrendering our rights and freedoms. The fight to take this country back is not over. Please join our movement right now by going to conservative-daily.com and clicking the subscribe button to sign up for our free call to action newsletters. We have a chance to save this country, but only if we all work together. Again, this is conservative-daily.com and don't forget to hit the subscribe button at the top.